Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys and gals, this is Jesse. And this is Kyle. And as always, this is our show, JK Podcast, which stands for what, Kyle? Just joking and just kidding. That's right, a little bit on the fly today. That's right, we've got some great topics to hit on. Um, it's going to be a little bit of what we call Episode 8 Robots and Sci-Fi and Super Bowl Sunday. So uh, we'll dive into that um, and do a little bit of some awesome uh, feedback, and we have some pretty good topics and even some cool uh, little things here and there about some of the top one-layer robots. I think Kyle did some hard working on that. And then, of course, we're also going to have a awesome guest to come in tonight on our podcast and uh, get him to get some of his input in an interview and spend a little quality time one-on-one on one with uh, our man Nick. Uh, who has done some uh, smaller, uh, small films for Star Wars and then some robotics here and there with sci-fi. And he has some pretty good input on that, so we'll get him on there. But uh, mainly, I uh, just want to give you all a little bit of insight. So first and foremost, uh, we can be found here on Blog Talk Radio uh, at blogtalkradio.com backslash JK Podcast. We can also be found on Facebook. Uh, you can watch our listen to our episodes. It has like a video player. You can listen to the episode live and then we also can be found on iTunes, right Kyle? Yep, that's right. Go on iTunes. You can find us on there. If you can't find us on iTunes, I don't know how you can't because you can just type in the search bar JK Podcast and we pop up with our famous pop culture microphone with the pins in the background, hard work by Shelby and Kyle. Yeah. And then of course on Twitter. And our Twitter handle is at jkpodcast101. You can follow us there, listen to some podcasts, tweet a little bit of your input, and then, of course, uh, we want to get you to download, subscribe, and listen to uh, while we go live, or if you want to catch up on us, if you cannot stand the results of the Super Bowl and need to take a day, we understand. Download, listen, subscribe on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. So first and foremost, Kyle, how you doing, man? I haven't seen you in a in a while. I know. Usually we get to hang out. Um, you know, but it's been a busy week for both of us. Absolutely. You know, so um, yeah, I want to get. To, uh, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm. I'm just wondering how you're doing, man. I I know you were waiting for this game even more than me and Shelby. Yeah. I know you were uh, ecstatic about the game. I was ecstatic about them building, you know, the new Mercedes uh, Stadium right. in Atlanta. Right. That would have been so nice to pull the first win for them for the Super Bowl to be placed at that new stadium. And I was really pushing for it. But, yeah. you know, it didn't come through right there at the end. What, what's your thinking thoughts on that, man? Uh, <laughs> I guess you say. I, I'm a little, uh, you know, depressed, I have to say, because I was rooting for the hometown team. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady hats off. Greatest greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. Uh, with that Super Bowl win. I love Joe Montana. I know he does, too. And you can see him get a little bit of emotion uh, towards the uh, – walk off of the field as uh, media, of course, and paparazzi was surrounded uh, his person and trying to get his input and his congratulations. So hats off to Tom Brady and the Patriots. We may hate you, but, you <laughs> know, true. it is what it is. And yeah. we'll see what happens next year, the old saying goes. So. That's right. But, uh, I mean, was there anything that you got into last couple? I know we both have been working a lot. And we um, kind of played phone tag out of that. Yeah, we, we were uh, back and forth a lot there. Uh, a lot of things we got into, um, I know uh, we had originally decided to try to do the project, you know, uh, the podcast on Thursday. 
Right. But, um, you know, we had to go to a big meet um, for the new show, car show. That's right. That's kind of right. stuff and had to do some business up there, uh, sell some parts and stuff like that. It did work out. But, like I say, we're here strong. We didn't want to let our fans down and our listeners out there. We didn't want, you know, to leave them on, you know, too long. Uh, so that's why we're doing it right after the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. So we got into that that car show. It was it was nice, right? Um, we had a good time, me and Shelby. Um, what you what you guys get into, man? Uh, not much, really. I mean, uh, I downloaded NHL 17 for the first time to kind of get back nice. to uh, to the hockey groove. Uh, yeah, been watching some uh, Netflix, and uh, actually, my wife and I have gone back on uh, the CBS app. Oh, cool. And been catching back up on Survivor. It's one of our favorite uh, series to watch. Oh, yeah. So uh, we're kind of a little heartbroken. We're on season 31 of the, uh, I guess, some of the uh, second chance, you know. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Competitors I heard there. they brought those back. Yeah, it's uh, season 31, and we just lost our favorite person we were rooting for, Joe. So we're kind of waiting to see who we're going to root for next. So, but right. uh, Okay, so awesome, awesome. Like we said, we're going to regroup here for a second. Um, we have Nick Edmondson coming on today, um, and he's going to give us his uh, input as well and kind of get some things in line with his robotics, also some sci-fi. Uh, but before we bring him on, I know Kyle prepared a top 100 list of robots of all time. So what we're going to do is we're going to yeah. spit them out, and then we're going to hit a little bit on some of each, and then we'll bring uh, our man Nick in and kind of get his idea on it. So... Definitely. Yeah, so let's uh, roll. Go ahead and roll through that top 100, and then we'll get Nick in. Yeah, so the uh, top 100. Let you guys know. Um, we kind of, you know, hit and miss on this, but um, number 98, Sunny from iRobot, from um, 2005-ish. Um, 93 is Cal from Alien Resurrection. 97. 92 is the entire cast of the animation series Robots from 2005. Number 88 is David. From uh, sorry, from Posthumus um, in 2012, kind of ties into aliens and predator kind of thing. It's really really neat. Um, number 82 is Johnny Five from Short Circuit, that came out in '86. Nice. Uh, number uh, 76 is Ilya from Star Trek: The Motion Pick from, in '79. Uh, that's the original. And then uh, 71 robot from Lost in Space. Number 66 was Police Robots from Elysium, which featured Matt Gaiman. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then uh, number 52 was Vision from the Avengers, Age of Ultron. 51 was Giant Robots uh, from Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow, featuring, you know, Joe Lee and Jude Law. Uh, 47 was the Sentinels. Uh, that's from The Matrix in 99. Okay. Yep. Uh, 44 is Beta from The Last Starfighter of 84. Nice. Uh, 42 is Dot Matrix from Spaceballs. <laughs> All right. We got 41 is Autobots and Decepticons, Transformers, the movie, from 86 and 07. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we got uh, number 40 is uh, Ava from Ex Machina. That's a play by Alicia uh, Vikander. That came out in 15. It's great. You got to check it out. 35 is Major Matagoro Tansungari from Ghost in the Shell. And that's also a movie that's coming out, played by Scarlett Johansson, coming around the corner. It's going to be beautiful. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, she is beautiful. I mean, it will be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number 33 is The Sentinels, X-Men, Days of Future Past. 
30 is actually Baymax from Big Hero 6. Uh, he's just a Michelin yeah. Man Part 2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 26 is Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy. I love that movie. Awesome. Great. It's a good movie. Yeah. 22 is Lisa from Weird Science, actually. <laughs> uh, paid by uh, Kelly Brock. All right. And I'm actually going to stop right there because Nick was also excited about the 20 and down. Okay. I already told him about this. So let's go. Uh, uh, you go ahead and let's bring him on. All right, so everybody be prepared. This is Nick Emerson coming in, and he's an enthusiast with Star Wars and robots and everything pop culture. Nick, yeah. my man, how you doing today? Doing great. How are you guys? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for coming in on the show with us, Nick. No problem. I'm uh, really excited about the robot list, actually. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, curious uh, to see what the next right. 20 are going to be. <laughs> Me too. I, I, I will say this. There's one I haven't heard yet, but I know it's my number one, and I'll tell everybody what it is once uh, Kyle runs through this list and you give your, your two cents on uh, some of these as well. Um, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we just hit on Nick. Um, you know, uh, some of these I kind of went over you a little bit and uh, did some teasers with you right before you came on. Um, you know, uh, I know when you were thinking um, – we got right here twenty down. So the Borg from Star Trek First Contact in ninety seven. <laughs> okay. All right. Number seventeen, the Jaegers. All of them um, from Pacific nice. Rim. And I'm pretty sure the reason why they came up with that name is because the entire crew was probably drinking when they decided to name them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, one that I like. Um, is uh, number 16, Mecha Godzilla from Mag- uh, Mecha Godzilla versus Godzilla from 74. Wow. Yep. All right. And then uh, number 14 is C3PO from Star Wars of 77. Should have been right on. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all agree here being fans. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, number 13 is Lieutenant Commander Data. From Star Trek Generations <laughs> '94, I wanted to slap that guy. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then uh, number twelve, Robocop, Alex Murphy from '87. <laughs> I knew that had to be in like one of the top ones. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? That movie okay. was pivotal and, uh, for me, and when it came out, I saw that in the theater when I was nine years old. My sister took me for my oh, ninth wow. birthday. Yeah, that should not be seen by, like, a small child. I came out of the theater with PTSD. Exactly, because when I saw it, I actually was waiting for Mega Man to come out at any moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, So then we've got uh, number 10, the T-1000 from T-2, Judgment Day, of course, with Arnie. And, uh, you know, I think you would agree with this, Nick. Um, and I'm a huge fan of the whole, you know, Terminator series. Uh, it came out in 91. I mean, those graphics and what they did for that time period just blew me away. Yeah. Yeah, that was another, like, older film I got to see in the theater. And, again, like, I agree. Like, it totally blew me away. Like, the T-1000, like, no one had ever seen anything like that. And there was some, like, preliminary effects that they were doing that were similar, like, with the Abyss, but they really pulled it off, like, with the T-1000. Yeah. 
And it's yeah, considered I, to I, be the the first fully like CGI character in like um cinema history. Yeah, yeah. They definitely was a uh, I think one of the most scary uh things too because yeah. it was something that was so unreal that people never saw, you know, that impacted the movie industry dramatically. So I, I completely agree. I think that was a uh, revolutionary time for sci-fi fans and for robotics in the movie industry. Yeah. And uh, a little a little fact on that too. Um, the actor I can't think of his name right offhand, but the t- the guy who played T one thousand, he Robert actually Patrick. studied. Uh, yeah, he studied um, those movements from a man from a uh, mantis. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's really genius how they did all that. So what's the next one you got on there? Yeah, um, the Tin Man. That's what I Mr. thought. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, number eight. If you only had a heart. Yeah. Um, number seven is really cool. Bishop was it from it? Aliens of '86, the original. Oh, cool. Okay. Oh, Susan Sarandon. Yeah, her daddy got that part for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then of course number. Uh, the T-800, which Army plays, the Terminator from 84 to 86, of course. Of course. Of course. So um, that was always good. And then, of course, number four is R2-D2 from Star Wars in 77. And then on, you know, through everything. Now, notice he skipped number five, but I think I know what number five is. I'll tell you what it is once we get to the rest. Yeah. Um, so there's number three is uh, Gort. From the day the Earth stood still, and that's from '51. Okay, and I think that's understandable. I think that's pretty good, but R2, I think, should have been in the top three. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. What do you think about that, Nick? Yeah, I, I could, I could kind of agree with that. He's definitely like one of the most like iconic uh, right. of those. In fact, you know, definitely more so than Gort from the day the Earth stood still, because even there yeah. were only two versions of that movie. It's not like a really widely known movie. A lot of people don't know those characters. Right, and you gotta argue the fact he's probably the most loved, uh, or if not the most, but one of the most loved characters in Star Wars, let alone in the robot sci-fi, you know, genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he's one of the only characters who survived every movie. Yeah, yeah over and over. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so right on, you know, through to uh, number two. Surprise me, Jesse, and Nick, uh, this is crazy. The Iron Giant from 99, but I do agree, but it is crazy that uh, he beat R2-D2. Yeah, I think that's one of those well, um, that is, I guess, every top list would have something that people can argue about. I think that's probably one, definitely in the top 10, maybe 15, but I'm not sure if he beat C-3PO, let alone R2-D2. I don't know. Do right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not quite. I mean, that movie is popular, but I don't... Yeah. It doesn't... I don't think, like, what stands out in, like, the list of, like, you know, historical, like, film robots like R2 would. Right. right. So, um, and then, of course, um, they've got in number one... Roy Beatty from Blade Runner of '82. Uh, Harrison Ford back in his, you know, um, which one was days. it? You said Roy. Uh huh. Number one Roy is Roy. Wow. 
for a minute because you know did he run from things well his name is Blade Runner so I'm sure he ran from a lot of things in that movie too trying to find a family I'm sure somewhere in there he he ran after them but well there was one point he was he was definitely running away okay I have a confession I've never seen that movie but I do know that Liam Neeson and Harrison Ford have something in common in every movie they are horrible fathers and husbands so, <laughs> like they're always losing their family in like the most like worst epic thing ever. Like I, I could guarantee Liam Neeson and Harrison Ford could make a movie based out of going to Disneyland and something traumatically epic would happen. Like terrorists would like right. find their family. You know, what I mean? <laughs> something crazy like that. You know, I mean, he could do Air Force Two and say that you know he had won a second term <laughs> later on. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I I, I can see Don't that. encourage them. I know, right? <laughs> I can see Harrison Ford sitting there now. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. So, um, but I will say this. I'll interject real quick. He's getting number five, and it's not listed. At least I don't see it on there. But I will say what it probably in my mind would be, and that I think to me, other than R2-D2 and C-3PO, yep. the number one robot of all time. You ready, Nick? Yeah. This is my this is my personal opinion. Tom Servo. Oh yeah. Tom Servo Tom from Mystery Servo. Science Three Thousand. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have it. That's pretty good, you know. There's one oh, yeah. on there. I know it's on it's on that list somewhere, but I think one that should be mentioned is How uh, Nine Thousand. From 2001. <laughs> it is. It actually yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's in the uh, top. Uh, it's about seventy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it had to be on yeah, there. Not bad. Yeah. And uh, I thought you would. I thought you would think this, this was funny. Um, with uh, 80s movies and stuff too. Uh, Nick. Uh, Dot Matrix and Spaceballs is number 42 from 87. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. So. Uh, it's a great, a great list. Um, can I throw a little? I have a question for Nick. That's kind of off yeah. topic. I think you would appreciate it to a sense. Um, because yeah. it can go either way. Now, would you argue that Darth Vader should be in this list? Ooh. Oh uh, man. <laughs> he's not. He's, he's not. He's not technically a robot. He doesn't have like a cybernetic brain. Obi Wan does say he's more man than machine. Or, I'm sorry, more machine I mean, just because than man. It's like, yeah. Just because he has a few robotic pieces doesn't make you a robot. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it, it kind of so, yeah. off of, kind of go off of uh, you think about Robocop, you know. Yeah. You know, it's kind of he's kind of well, yeah, that's true. But but yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see well, Robocop, of- though, has also been programmed. Like, technically, yeah. he's not under free yeah. will. He is, like, programmable. That's true. True, but there is an article. Uh, we talked about this, I think, in a couple podcasts ago, Kyle and I, where his helmet has needles that stick directly into his brain that allows him to be able to see and move faster and have uh, 
certain special abilities, if you would, uh, to be able to operate on a non-human level, to make them almost invincible in certain cases. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that I mean, it's almost it's almost like it's a it's a qualified area, possibly. But then again, he is still human because at the end he makes that human choice. Yeah, you know I mean, mm-hmm. right. So, right. It's it's very interesting. I, I think that's a pretty good. Like we could talk about that like all night. Like was he was he really more of a you know man that was a machine that relied on machine and technology like a robot would, or was he more of a man that listened to his heart but was manipulated by machinery? You know, and, and going to that topic. But I mean, you you've done a lot of Star Wars, um, you know, background check and and of course a little bit of film and uh, industry on that as well in short film. Uh, so I know Kyle has some questions for you, uh, for our listeners to kind of get a hold of it. And thank you again for coming on tonight. So it's definitely, I'm excited. Yeah, I know our listeners are excited about it. So Kyle, go ahead, man. Start uh, putting him on the on the spot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, I've been, you know, with all the listeners out there with with Nick Emerson here with us. Um, the way it's cool how me and Nick met. Um, we met at the Art Institute, right, in Atlanta, and, um, you know, where he's actively uh, studying um, uh, movie production and going through those, um, going through those motions, I guess, he study to get his degree mm-hmm. and getting everything set up. And uh, those many conversations, uh, many, many uh, conversations that we've had or he goes out for a smoke break, or we're outside of school uh, area right there, the break area, and we'll talk about Star Wars, what's going on with us, what classes, you know, that he's having to take and things that he's doing. So it's really neat. Um, and, his, you know, a little bit about Nick. Um, of course, he's, he's an avid uh, movie watcher. He's an avid Star Wars fan, of course. Um so he, he's gotten some amazing hard work with some sci-fi footage himself with robotics. And uh, tell him a little bit about that, Nick. Uh, tell about where you come from and how you got into, uh, um, you know, doing movies with, you know, really heavy on sci-fi and, and where you get your inspiration from there. Well, yeah, um, you're, um, I'm a uh, visual effects major at the Art Institute, but I'm also trying to... Uh, take that as a stepping stone eventually like writing and uh, directing mm-hmm. films and um, so I, I grew up like I was a kid in the 80s and this was a time that like visual effects in films like every major film had something like new to offer there was something new that had never been seen before and this is right. like you know progressed up until like you know the last 10 years so you know I've always been like a big film fan I've always been into science fiction I've always been in like the escapist element of like science fiction, like films. And now like with technology, it's at a point where it allows more and more people to get into the film industry who may never would have had a chance like 20 or 30 years ago. Back then, like you yeah. had to basically live in California to get into the industry. And now it's a lot more accessible and I'm trying my best to take advantage of it. Right. That, yeah. And that's awesome. Um, a few little questions here that I was just trying to think on the fly. I don't know Jesse's got some stuff um, as well. Um, oh yeah, we're going to dive into the Star Wars part a little bit. When when did you first see Star Wars? 
my mom took me to see Return of the Jedi when I was six when it came out in the theater. Nice. That is nice. That is great. Now, do you remember that time when Return of the Jedi came out? You know how we're having this huge debate with Star Wars fans and nerds and everybody and pop culture enthusiasts of how the red lettering with The Last Jedi is so different than George Lucas' yellowish gold title. Do you remember Return of the Jedi having a a red uh, or even a different color other than, you know, yellowish gold? I don't don't remember that. I don't remember, and I Lucas changed so much, and there were so many changes. Even be, like Return of the Jedi, the edit of the movie even changed between the theatrical release and the VHS release. So if, oh, it, wow. was, yeah. if it had That's been, if they had changed the color, I can't I can't remember. It. And whatever version you see today may not even actually have been the original color. And, you know, that's something I actually talked about last episode, so it's refreshing to hear, you know, someone else say the same thing, you know. And I think that this topic is something that's huge, and we even question the fact that it would be something to talk about for the next six months. Yeah. And, you know, us Star Wars fanatics, you know, are blowing it a little bit out of proportion just on the color of the title. But but um, it's refreshing to see that, so... Um, when you saw, I think it's, uh, it's a cool detail to like to add to like what you know, you know what people are about to experience because you know like real fans always yeah. want to look more and more into the meaning of something. So it's a cool like little tidbit to throw at the fans. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because they they start questioning it like, is this red because it's this? You know, is it like the Sith getting revenge again? You know, is is certain individuals going to die in this movie? What's going to happen? You know. Um, but uh, you know, when you when you saw you know Star Wars and everything, and throughout the time, um, and I guess even so, when you were a kid, uh, who is your favorite character throughout the entire series and saga, and why? Oh man, <laughs> I think you know I think when I was younger, it was always it was Han Solo because he was a good guy, but he was like kind of yeah. a you know, rough around the edges kind of good guy. But as I got older and like a little bit meaner, I definitely like Darth Vader. Darth Vader is my favorite character now. Yeah, right. that's mine too. If you yeah. would have like when you're perfect. when you're a little kid, like <laughs> Vader's like kind of scary and intimidating, and yeah. uh, that's what I feel. You don't really identify with that so much, and then you get older, and you're like, you know what, Vader's not so bad after all. I, I really like that guy. Right. You, you kind of like. I think you. I think Jesse agrees with me, and especially, I know you guys really love Vader as well as myself. You know, you kind of almost emphasized with him, especially after the prequels came out, correct? Right. Is that what you guys feel? A, a little bit, but also, like, over the, um, I think reading and, like, um, like watching some of the videos that I've seen, and even reading the Vader comics, I think you you get a little bit more in depth in the character and just realize like how much how much of a badass he really is and like just yeah. how cool that is. Now there's one thing I wish and I think Disney might try and tackle and that would be a possible um side movie like the Rogue One as a, as a Darth Vader movie. Yeah. I think that would be awesome to see just a, his complete and total power as the emphasis of a movie, you know. Yeah, and the um the third Star Wars story as far as far as I know is still like open and 
there have been rumors of it being about like Boba Fett. That was actually in the works, and then it got scrapped. But I don't know if it's completely off the table yet. And then there's talk of it being about Yoda or Obi-Wan or even possibly Vader. I think, you know, Disney has so much pockets that they could pull a Harry Potter and make the final movie into a two-parter and start milking that industry. It wouldn't surprise me if they did. How do you feel about that? It's possible, but I think they may, like, keep it, like, keep it traditional and just do, like, one movie, one movie, and then keep that separate from, like, the trilogy stories. I think over the years, I think Disney's going to maintain that consistency. Yeah, I can see that. I can see both sides and and see what they're doing that way. Um, I'm curious to see what's going to come after that third story, like, are we going to get a break from Star Wars? Is there going to be like a five or six year break or is it just going to be a new movie every single year, you know, until we're dead? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's a good question yeah. because that's what keeps coming up in our podcast. Even in, uh, when we got started with this, with this whole JK podcast, it's something that keeps popping up. What are they really going to do? Yeah. So, um, you know, see what they're really going to go, what direction, how, fast are they going to go putting out the movies? Is it going to be every year that we are starting to see? Or is it going to be every few years like the traditional ones were? Right. And not a lot of people remember this. You know, people think, oh, man, Rogue One is the first Star Wars movie that is not part of the series. And I actually was thinking about that because I actually kind of confirmed it in a sense, but it wasn't. George Lucas made a movie about the Ewoks on Endor back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, after, I uh, vaguely remember Wars. that. Yeah, man, those, yeah. those little teddy bears are badass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were awesome. I, I thought it was cool too. Dude, man, they could they could take out an entire imperial army. <laughs> they were awesome. All of those little guys, and plus they look like the the huggy things that make you feel comfortable. You know, <laughs> well, exactly. Lucas definitely has a thing for like the the underdog, like the little guy standing up to the big guy. Yeah. Like original right. originally the idea for Luke was to make him like a little person. Yeah, that's true. In the yeah, book, like in the yeah, first draft right. and yeah, that's like really, some that's of the really producers cool. were like, yeah. like <laughs> But um yeah, another thing too, man, uh, that we were gonna ask you is uh I had a question of uh, what gave you the passion or slash drive to go into producing movies or like at what point were you like, man, this is really what I want to do. I got a fire for this. It's, it's very interesting to me. And I've got, you know, I know you have some stories. I know you have some really neat uh, uh, art that goes along with some of your stories that I've seen, uh, you know, around the school and, uh, you know, that you showed me um, that you were excited about. Um you know, tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, um, well, I mean, it really started, like, I was in my late 20s, and I go, man, I have to go to school. Like, what am I going to go to school for? And I've been doing visual art, you know, since I was, like, a real young kid. I've, like, technically, I'm, like, classically trained as, like, a visual artist, and I wanted to, like, do something right. with it. And, um, I, you know, like like I said, you know, with technology being where it is, it got to the point where now I can re- I realize that I can be an animator, but I can create a 3D model of you know, whatever I want to design and use mm-hmm. that and not just, like, animate it but apply it to a film. And over the years, I've worked on my writing a lot. 
and I've got a few short stories written, and the best way to combine everything is to make a motion picture. Like some of the best like films that I've seen are like written and directed by you know the same person, and it's um to me it's almost like the peak of the pyramid as far as like an expression of artistic talent to be able to create something that's two hours long that like millions and millions of people are going to see. Right. Yeah, I think that you know, start from something and get passionate about building. It definitely improves your repertoire, and then of course it speaks more to um, the everyday average Joe and Jill. You know, just because it's their opinion. It might be your opinion, but it's also their opinion because it's unbiased. Yeah, in a sense, you know, it's right. It's, it's your your version that so many people probably have the same passion and and version in their mind of. So right. I, I I totally agree and uh, and I commend you on that too. So I definitely will check out some of your stuff. I know Kyle's kind of uh, give me a little bit here and there, and then of course we actually had uh, some things posted on our Facebook, I believe. Of uh, I think it was a trailer of one of your short films. It looked pretty impressive as well. Um, you know, of all the movies that you do. Um, that sci-fi and the you know scripts and maybe even books even that you have in your own personal downtime that you do go with. What are some of your? Let's say like this. What's your favorite top three to five movies of all time? Top three sci-fi movies of all time. Yeah. Um, first of all, my favorite of all time is Aliens. Like just. That's, I know that's people want to say I know. I, I would agree. Overall, like Alien, I think is a little better film, but Aliens is just my personal favorite. Like, right. That movie's like right. destroys me every time I watch it. It is like so cool. Oh man. Uh, and then one of those three would probably be Empire Strikes Back. That is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. The third one. Man, the third one's like really hard. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I can throw one out there for you that we probably all don't think about. Yeah, uh, I can throw two of them out there and see what you think. Um, Stargate, the original. Ooh, I do and, love uh, that movie. And then here's one too. You're kind of like, oh man, Dune, the Children of Dune. I was just about to say that. Dune, Dune is awesome. I mean, yeah. I'm really, really partial to like Blade Runner as my third one. Just the the whole okay. imagery and look of that movie. Well, the story's uh, the story's very subtle, but just like the environment created is just so immersive and really yeah. like it's very inspirational. Yeah, to kind of give you perspective on it too, as far as pop culture and top sci-fi movies. Blade Runner is rated the number one sci-fi movie of all time from the 1980s. Um, And The Empire Strikes Back is number three. So you definitely hit it in there. And actually, some of them that popped up, I completely forgot about. Um, I mean, I don't know how we could have, but like E.T. was number two. Thing was number four. Such an epic, epic movie back in the day. And speaking of Spielberg, like Close Encounters of the Third Kind is like, oh, yeah. I, I think it's really underrated, and I think a lot of people forget about that movie. But um, I, I thought it was really boring when I was young, but as an adult, like watching it, it it's slow, but it's really, really good. Like it really like pulls yeah, you in. Right. 
And then you look at other ones too, and you think of Flight of the Navigator, The oh, Last Flash. Starfighter, yeah. um, The Running Man. We talked a little bit about Life Force, Flash Gordon. I mean, come on, man, Flash. Dude, nobody knows about The Last Starfighter either. No one like ever mentioned you know, that movie. Oh, that movie yeah. was so unless, cool. Unless, unless you're playing a video game in an arcade outside yeah. your house. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So then you think of other ones too. You have like a, a Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. You have um, let's see, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Cocoon, Weirdo. Yeah, and what's cool about I'm going to say right there too. Uh, uh, with Bill and Ted, you know, they had the uh, the robots. Yeah. They actually made yep. a list as uh, yep. the top. Uh, they were in the around 100s, but they were on there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and but you know, like after the 80s, weird, though, there was like after the 80s, the every, like sci-fi really died down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it did too. Like, every, like everything it. was like crappy sequels, and then you had like a few original right. things, but it was really sparse. Nothing was like really groundbreaking. Not really until like yeah. Yeah. Full Contact was good, but the, it's like when the Matrix like came out. Right. Well, you know, even if it you was think like after about the, even the in the late 80s, uh, they started getting more goofier. Um, you know, as far as their sci-fi, like Batteries Not Included, was more of like a goofy sci-fi. Yeah, and then like you I know, just watched that night. again the other night. Did you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was so cool. Like I was like, made me feel like a little kid. And I was like, oh, it's it's kind of sad too. It's actually a really sad movie, but it's got a happy ending. But right. Well, there's, there's so many parts of that then. film. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah. one that uh, in the '90s that I actually kind of it's it's a little boring in some sense, but it's so pretty well done here and there. Uh, you know, Waterworld uh, was yeah. good with Kevin Costner. Yeah. I think if they had a different person playing that role, it may have been yeah. better. Um, but the last one I liked in the 80s was a personal favorite was the Ice Pirates. Um, <laughs> and then if you go into the 90s, the only other sci-fi, if you would qualify it as one, is like Unmeasurable Kids, maybe. But Yeah, Old Rick. Yeah, Old Rick Moranis. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, there's also one from the 90s I forgot about called Hardware. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah and it's got, like, Ministry on the soundtrack. Um, actually, Lemmy makes, from Motorhead makes an appearance in the film. Um, yeah, there's a singer yeah. from a band called The Fields of the Nephilim that makes an appearance in the film. Right. Well, you can think about, like, a few of the 90s ones. You look at the list, really... Of the top films from the sci-fi industry in the 80s and 90s, 80s had so much imagination. And I guess to make up for their lack of taste in music for a lot of people. Um, and you could say the 90s had maybe five to ten epic, um, if you would consider them epic, or fan favorite films. 80s had like like hands and toes numbers uh, of films right. you could talk, you know, talk about. The 90s, you said it, you know, you had The Matrix, Jurassic Park, uh, Men in Black, Independence Day, Galaxy Quest as a nice little funny one to kind of meet mm-hmm. the space ball type industry, uh, Starship Troopers, Total Recall, a personal favorite of mine, actually, that not a lot of people know about um, is the Event Horizon. I could mention that one. Oh, yeah. Very, very, yeah, I like that a lot, too. What is it? Uh, the Event Horizon. Um, oh yeah, cool. yeah. I actually I like that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. It's kind of like Hellraiser set in I space. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's very <laughs> futuristic, and the graphics in that movie is actually pretty um, extensive, I, I believe, yeah, even if it being in the late 90s, before, you know, the 99 sleep-through of episode one, Star Wars, yep. you know, I think that uh, that had some pretty amazing graphics for its time, too. Yeah, there's a really cool scene where it shows all these objects, like, floating around the spaceship before the gravity yeah. turned on. And the, some of those right. look really good for that time period. A little dated now, of course, but they still look really good. Right. And then, of course, you have some other sci-fi films like Stallone. Um, you know, was it uh, uh, Judge Dredd? Yeah. Uh, Demolition Man with Leslie Snipes. Oh, man. I don't even want to talk about <laughs> Demolition Man. <laughs> uh, you know, classic Space Invaders. Probably one of the only good ones, I think, like as far as like, a classic. Um, and then, of course, you have Snake is Back, um, you know, with the <laughs> Escape from L.A. with uh, Russell. I mean, that was probably the beginning of why people probably should never make a movie from a video game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, those movies, man, and, and us touching back on those, and, and Jesse's awesome with that information on the fly. Um, you know, going through this stuff and uh, almost like a reminisce, but also touching back. Um, I know Jesse agrees with this as well. Um, when they, you know, re-edition and come on HBO, they've, they've got Westworld, which I've just started touching on some. Um, kind of add to the list of robotics, androids being programmed, kind of the Matrix feel. Mm-hmm. And it shows mm-hmm. both sides really uh, it's really uh, intellectual mm-hmm. and and how they do things and it's it's slow paced and then fast paced and then fast paced and then slow paced and then showing you things what's happening uh, you go through some of the characters it's got some star cast it's got Anthony Hopkins um, it's got uh, uh, his his co-creator that's that's with him mm-hmm. for this Westworld. Ed, Ed Harris is Ed Harris, yeah. yeah. Or in the, in the TV show. And, you know, they can't tell you too, Kyle. I don't know if you know this. Um, or, or Nick, you may have a little input on it, too. But that particular film, mm-hmm. a series for HBO, in a time where now movies are no longer as big, unless they are a mega saga, um, and more mm-hmm. so it being bigger on TV, or even now it's even multimedia streaming devices, mm-hmm. Uh, such as Netflix graphic, you know, shows they have coming out, right. and relivable shows that is no longer available on TV. Um, that show, Westworld, was actually filmed four years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, so they actually have more content that they've wow. already filmed and put in place. What? So yeah, the directors and of course HBO is starting to adopt this theory of writing the scripts years before, filming them uh-huh. a year to two years before, getting the quality in. That's what makes HBO so set apart and so prolific yeah. in their shows and how they're able to have these great shows. But that Westworld show was actually filmed four years ago. And so if you if people are invested in this show and you are listening, don't be concerned about Anthony Hopkins' health. I know he looks old in this show, and he's still freaking amazing. <laughs> I mean, Anthony Hopkins, yeah. man. I mean, he, he basically comes from the Silence of the Lambs to nothing and then all of a sudden he just pops in the middle of this major, you know, series now, and he's still epic. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. But um, I don't know, Nick. How, how far have you seen Westworld? 
you got in it. I have not seen Westworld. Um, I've read nothing but good things about it. I want to watch it. I don't have HBO, so I haven't had a chance to watch it. I have uh, read a lot about some of the episodes. I know probably more spoilers than I should, but I haven't seen it. Right. Now, is this a uh, spinoff of the original, I guess the 1960s or 70s version of the movie uh, back in the day? Mm-hmm. But I will right. say this. There have been reasons why I have purchased HBO, and yeah. that was one of them. And when I saw it from start to finish, I will say every episode gets better than the one before it. Yeah. And, like, literally, when when you think about it, there's ten episodes. When you think about it and you talk to the people who have seen this series, you say, well, which one's your favorite episode? And they'll do do exactly this. Well, it's probably one, well, maybe two, three, actually seven, eight, or nine, or ten. And they're like, you know what? (laughs) Yeah. So it's that good. And then Anthony Hopkins, man, oh, my God. He does this uh, epic Anthony Hopkins style of bringing the series home. And in the day and age where we talk about how we're so fortunate where everything is answered now, like, for example, we found out who Kylo Ren is, like, in the first five minutes of the movie, Um, you know, they actually answer every single question that the viewers have. Mm Mm-hmm. In series mm. towards the end of the season, yeah. which is pretty impactful, and it yeah, doesn't disturb the 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 quality of the uh, the series itself. And I would also have to say, along with that, I think Nick would agree with a lot of series. What happens is when they you find out who they are like so quick, it kills like the ang- like how you feel about the series. You, they kind of being anxious and being more attentive, but. They do a good, you know, your action kind of falls off because the quickness of how things go, the flow of things. But they're right. very good in this series, Nick, of like, you know, keeping the flow, keeping the action. Right. Um, you know, it has so these it sounds like they let the characters, always, like, develop, like, more over time. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's more of a suspense drama, but they really build the intensity of the storyline. Yeah, and it still has that sci-fi feel. It still has that robotic, you know. Yeah, it's so good and raw. Yeah, you kind of get the feel of it's almost like The Matrix mixed with a little bit of iRobot, but a human version of the robots. And also mixing their little X-Machina. Yeah, X-Machina. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Now, I do have some on-the-fly for you. I, I, I know... Kyle had some questions mixed out, but, um, you know, it's one of the things that we're going to do is Kyle and I will ask each other questions, and it'll be things that we just randomly, like, pop out and ask, and it's actually been such a big segment that a lot of our listeners like. So I would like to do that with you, if that's cool with you, as our first guest for an on-the-fly segment, if that's cool. Yeah. All right, cool. So we'll keep it on topic as far as sci-fi films, and here's my question for you. I'm going to start naming off some films. And you can just tell me if you would uh, go for it or trash it. If you are a top exec uh, from like multi-billion-dollar film industry, and knowing what you know now, uh, would you make sequels of these following movies? So you just tell me if you want to trash them, if you want to go for it. Oh, okay, okay. awesome. <laughs> and I'm gonna and I'm gonna go for since t- uh, 2000 to 2016. That way, it's kind of fresh for for you and for our listeners. And more of a fairness, too, because, you know, a lot of the people are still alive, so it's still you can still kind of, you know, hit those points as, as well. Um, right. 
One immediately I'm taking off of the board is Avatar because we know that's in the makes. So that's off the table. I'm going to hit with a classic, and I think you'll probably appreciate Serenity. Oh. Yes. There's there's definitely enough of a cult following that they should do a sequel to that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I agree with them. That's awesome because I'm a big fan. Oh. I know Shelby is Yeah, I love it. Actually, I'm weary of sequels, but I would probably go I would go see that. Yeah, yeah. When I first got into sci-fi, that and uh, Battlestar Galactica uh, was some of the biggest ones that I got to uh, partake in, and that's all thanks to my Aunt Sherry for bringing me into that. Also, Dallas Scrolls tomorrow went back in the day. Um, so the next one I feel I should go ahead and throw out there is the polar opposite. And actually, Kyle and I had a conversation about this a little over a week ago um, that <laughs> Shelby uh, actually had some strong opinions on it as well. Uh, Minority Report. Ah. Would you keep it and go for it, or would you trash it? I'd trash it. I liked the movie, but I think it should just be left alone. Yeah, I think that's probably one of those where they tried too hard. Yeah, and I now, think apparently they're already it? doing a TV show on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why, but... Yeah, I will say the robots also. <laughs> yeah, the robots actually made it onto that hundred list. If everybody wants to check that out, so yeah. Um, let's see here. You ready for the next one? Yes. Okay, Donnie Darko. Ooh. No, trash it. Oh wow! Wow! Really? Wow. Yeah. So that's 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 crazy. Why would you uh, Why would you trash it? Is it like just a personal thing or? Uh, okay, well, okay, when that movie came out, it was one of those movies that was so hyped up that when I saw it, I was kind of like, that's it, you know? Uh, like, yeah. I was kind of under, yeah. I was really underwhelmed with that movie. I mean, I get why people like it, but I'm just like, I'm not a huge fan of that movie. So I was like, no sequels. I got you. And apparently I got they you. are I making that. one, though. They are making one. Yeah, and it, oh, I've, I've heard rumors about that too. So it definitely would be interesting to see if that is better. So I don't know. We'll see. All right. So the next one I have V for Vendetta, another favorite of Kyle's here. Yeah. No, I would trash it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I actually, I actually really did not like that movie. <laughs> I I I thought it was it could have been it could have been yeah. better I guess. I, no, I haven't read the comics, so I don't have anything to compare it to. But yeah, yeah right. I, I was not a fan of that movie. Yeah. I, 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 try, I actually I tried watching it like a year ago, and I was just like, no, nah, I still don't like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Kyle says he has one for you. So th- I think this one will be interesting to you. Um, you know, and and either way, uh, I'm gonna see what your opinion is. This one, The Watchmen. Oh, I was gonna ask him that. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, wow. I was just looking at it. A, se- a sequel like, to The Watchmen? <laughs> yeah, the The Watchmen. Or maybe not a sequel. Maybe uh, well, like a sequel, but maybe a side story. I'll tell you the best thing about The Watchmen was. You know, I, I, you know, as a comic, 
as a comic adaptation, The Watchmen was awesome, except for changing the ending. I, when that, right when that movie came out, I actually found a full graphic novel of The Watchmen sitting on a bar. Like it was, some, I sat down and somebody oh, had wow. left it on the bar, so I I got a free copy of it, read it, loved it, and the movie's a really good adaptation of that. So would you do it? A sequel? Yeah, I could I could go for a Watchmen sequel as long as Zack Snyder did not do it. <laughs> right. yeah, as long as Will Smith doesn't want to be in it too, right? Because I feel like he would try <laughs> right. to get away in it somehow. Yeah. Um, And I guess the last one I have for you um, Battlefield Earth Mm. I have not seen that movie Um, It's pretty good Really I've I've read that it ranks up there With like one of the worst reviewed movies Like in movie history Yes I think (laughs) what it is Is um, it's, I agree. <laughs> um, it, I think what it is is it's one of those things where it's so refined yeah. that only like a, you know deep down sci-fi fans have the that appreciation of the culture maybe, and it's it's basically not meant to be for millions and millions and millions. You know, it's kind of like right. Star Wars or something like that. Now I will say, actually, I have a, a, a replacement uh, that I think would be pretty good. Uh, war games. Oh, they should totally like do do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we agree too. We're like shaking our heads over here. Yeah, like you have remake or even just you know like something different um, or a sequel to it. Or I mean, it doesn't have to be tied in directly to um, you know the, the the same characters, even though they are alive. Uh, some of them, but just the fact of that movie was so epic that I think it's been so long that we can make a remake of it. Yeah, especially with the technology being so different from then and now. So yeah, and that's, that, that's true. But you could there could definitely be like a spin-off story because now like that was one of the first movies that really showed like some kid hacking into something, or like it was a mistake, but he was still able to do that. And then you can update that now and create all kinds of different storylines. Yeah, I agree with that. It'd be definitely an interesting thought to see if people can definitely pull together and, and make something like that happen. And especially, you know, during this time of Hollywood, who is so out of touch and out of, I guess you could say, imagination, really, and going back and stealing and rebooting films that were done 20, 30, and even two or three years ago. Hence, Spider-Man. I'm sorry, Shelby. I know, or Shelby. I said Shelby. She's in the other room, but I'm sorry to uh, Kyle <laughs> man here. We both know Kyle loves Spider-Man, but how many times can you reboot a team? It's almost like... That's true. It's almost like, you know, a, a sports team that reboots every three or four years. But... Apparently, the last, um, the last Spider-Man with uh, Andrew Garfield... After um, production and marketing, that movie only made around like seventy million dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, which is yeah. I think for that particular industry is a flop. It's a lot of money. It is. That's why Sony sold Spider-Man right back to Marvel. You're like no take back season. <laughs> <laughs> Family was probably like, damn it. <laughs> But, well, know, if 
think Spidey's in the right hands now. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Well, they're making that, uh, the new ones to a very comic book feel to it. So I feel like Stanley probably has a little more input this time. I think maybe in the, uh, aside from the originals, I don't think he has much input in these, in these uh, sequel or remakes. Right. And I think that's probably what brought the quality down so much. He doesn't. I would, I would agree. Yeah. I thought about that 20 times. Actually, I think yeah. Stan Lee's input now is more or less just show up for a cameo. I don't think he really has much in, like, writing. I think it's all kind of like whatever the producers and the creators, writers, directors, like, want to do. Wow. Now, how would you feel if you were Stan Lee and then after years of being in the comic book paperback, all of a sudden you are the play cameo role in these mega movies towards the end of your life if you were? I mean, how... How would that? How would you feel? Like, you know what I mean? Would you feel a little regretful because you lived most of your life, or would you be completely excited because now you can finally make the stamp that you want to make? I think he's got to be like a, the happiest old kid, like in the world. I mean, these these characters are his babies. You know, he fought, you know, long and hard for, and kept in the, the print industry. And to see something like that after all this time, have such a fan base, and become so well known that. Your studios will spend two hundred million dollars on making a film. That's got to be like a that's a huge compliment to someone's life's work. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Now going into a different area, something that we kind of talk about here and there, and we really hit one of the have some topics about. Um, now I know you're into video game art design and graphics and film. Um, what are some of your favorite games that you play currently, and what is your favorite game of all time? Oh, wow. I actually do not play video games, surprisingly. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, if you had to go back to a time where... Um, I, You know, the thing is, I grew up... I, I remember having an Atari. I had a Nintendo, Super Nintendo. One of my best friends growing up, he had all of those, and plus um, Sega, Sega Genesis. Um, he had what's called a TurboGrafx-16. I don't know if you've ever heard of one of those. Yeah, very rare. Yes. Yeah, and um, also a Neo Geo home arcade system. It, it was the only yeah, arcade at the time that had yeah. the exact same graphics as the actual video game arcade. So you right. could play, I played video games all up until I was a teenager, and then basically kind of fell out of it and then just started doing other things. I would play games if I had time. <laughs> right. No, I completely understand that. Yeah. Coming from a husband and father standpoint, too, so... Uh, I, I can appreciate that. Um, and once I get then, a new computer, uh, I am buying Battlefront for sure. <laughs> yeah, nice. Which I still have to bring up there for uh, to the school and check out. Now, especially now it's been updated. Now, if if we were to all of a sudden just sit down, big TV screen in front, all night we've got Monster, we've got Red Bull, we got Mountain Dew, pizza, whatever, and just be kids again. And I and I had challenged you one on one. Would you beat me at Duck Hunt? Oh, man, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that was probably one of my favorite most epic games on yeah. Nintendo, for, for sure, for sure. Um, so, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i a much better shooter now, but I think you'd probably remember some of the better and better ways to play the game. I think he'd probably beat me. <laughs> I think he'd beat me. 
I get, I'd, I'd give it up to you. I would probably just joke around and have fun. That's normally how I do. But for the sure, thing I about think, dog uh, hunt though is that stupid dog laughing at you every time a dog gets away. Oh, oh that I just wanted to shoot the dog. Forget the ducks. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I can, we, I we, we've all shot that dog. We've all tried to kill that dog, and I don't know if there's a glitch that lets you do it or not. <laughs> I think yeah. that's probably the reason why Michael Bank got so into <laughs> dog hunting. So I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, man, uh, changing it right around right here. Uh, I know you had some uh, some cool things about uh, the Star Wars series yourself, some little tidbits that even some of our uh, new listeners and our, our new fans of Star Wars, maybe because of, you know, our podcast or whatever, they, they, they dive deeper or, you know, just refreshing people. Um, I know you had some cool things about the series. So what you what you got up your sleeve there, man? Yeah, so I found some, like, really cool um, auditory Easter eggs. Uh, and we all know what Easter eggs are now. But these are um, these Easter eggs, they come from the sound department. And there oh, wow. is a um, a guy by the name of – hold on one second. There is a guy who works for Industrial Light and Magic, and I think at Skywalker Sound, and his name is Matthew Wood. He is a um, – uh-huh. Sound supervisor. I'm trying to pull up my notes. Yeah, because I know that you've actually mentioned that a few times. And I know me and Jesse's, you know, uh, said that name a few times in, the, in our podcast about what he's been doing. Yeah, okay. He's a supervising always... sound editor at um, Industrial Light and Magic, and um, he's actually included some uh, some of these auditory Easter eggs in Row One. Um, Matthew Wood himself has uh, been the voice of uh, Bib Fortuna, some of the battle droids, and uh, General Grievous from the uh, prequel trilogy. Um, oh, in nice. The Force Awakens, he was um, Elio Asti and Quigold, and oh, he's nice. also been many other characters from the Clone Wars and Rebel series. In Rogue One, he was the voice of Pal various stormtroopers, and he also did all the voices for um, all the death troopers. Nice. That's almost very All the death troopers are voiced by the same guy who voiced General Grievous. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. I definitely will have to say Mr. Wood works very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, he's a a supervising sound editor on, like, uh, Star Wars Rebels, uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars, and he also lends his own voice to the series. And there's also um, Sam Witwer, who plays uh, Darth Maul in both uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels series, and David Collins from the video games do numerous Stormtrooper voices. In oh, oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And the Collins from the video games, he can be heard in Rogue One giving a PA announcement referring to a General Syndulla or as we currently know her, um, Harris Syndulla, who's the captain of the Ghost from the Rebel series. So they even yeah, make a reference right. to her. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. That's pretty awesome. That's, 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 that's intense, and the, cool, uh, the coolest cameo is the return of uh, David Ankrum, who's reprising his role as Wedge and Tilly's in a voice cameo on Yavin 4. As it's his voice that is heard ordering the Rebel ships to the battle on Scarif. That's cool. That's like paying homeless right there. That's pretty cool. 
Hey, no, yeah, I was so on. surprised to find that out. Yeah, that's that's really neat. Um, I think Jesse and 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 you like this. You probably know about it too. Uh, the sound of the Tie Fighter engines is actually the sound of an elephant call mixed with sounds of cars driving on wet pavement. When you paused, I thought you were about to say an elephant sex call or something, or mating call. <laughs> I was getting really excited for that to root for the empire. Right? Man, my dreams. Yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> um, there's another thing, too. Uh, I think we had talked about it before, Nick. Um, and I think Jesse will think this is really funny about this. Steven Spielberg made a bet with George Lucas for a percentage of the Star Wars films, which had earned him millions of dollars since. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is crazy. What was the bet? It doesn't say, man. It doesn't say. I just, it, you know, I was wanting to know, you know. That's interesting. I would, you know, if we ever got a chance to talk to him, I would like to ask him what that bet was. Exactly. <laughs> Just to see, because you know it's got to be something stupid. You know what I mean? Like something funny. Yeah. Because Lucas and It could Spielberg, have been as simple as, uh, I bet you won't be successful with this film. <laughs> you know, probably. Or if they want to be very PC about it, they could just be like, you know, well, you know, just to see if we'd get a sequel or, you know, something crazy like that. I will say this, though, and... Lucas has always had some sort of, like, gift. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you look at his early days working with John Ford, um, you know, the famous director, mainly in, like, Westerns with John Wayne and all that. Um, And Frank, I wasn't Frank, uh, I think his name is Capra, or some of these these famous directors and understudies and seeing some of his, you know, work with them. His yeah. first major film was American Graffiti, and that was such a huge oh, yeah. hit. And thinking like that, yeah. that time and age was such a great, awesome movie. And then all of a sudden, bam, he's writing Star Wars, and that's what he's been doing, you know, pretty much for the rest of his life. You know, seeing that the things that he does, um, even the the tree that expands from underneath him, uh, you know, John Williams and. Uh, Steven Spielberg, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, even in some of his side work that he does, mm-hmm. you know, some of the most mm-hmm. epic people and actors and discoveries, um, even nowadays with Natalie Portman, um, yeah. you know, in this now time, you know, mm-hmm. he has such a, uh, a build and gift that it's amazing to see how much talent can come from over 40, 50 years of work. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and how many people have like gotten their start through Star Wars, and you know, have gone on like, and because of Star Wars, like giving them a platform that's like just ejected their careers. You know, yeah, sorry, Christian Hayden. Great, uh, <laughs> uh, the great, yeah, a great, um, a great segue with that is John Williams wrote the main theme song for Monday Night Football. CNN, yeah. NBC, That's true. Um, Saturday Night Live even in some cases. I mean, he had such a large variety, E.T., Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and uh, even in the now Star Wars uh, films, and even the sequel, or the well, not sequels, but the, the side movies, you know, he's having to do some of the music right. and, and having some input in that um, and some inspiration. 
Uh, his career has definitely been a segue of that statement, if you will. So, um, but Nick, mainly, you know, your passion for Star Wars is that what really kind of drove you into wanting to start doing filmmaking? Yeah, I, 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 I think so. It was, I mean, those movies, like when I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater, I, it's one of those movies that, like, it really, really shows you, like, a whole new reality. Like, those ships and everything, they, yeah. they look amazing. And when you're a kid, they look mm-hmm. real. Like, you are, you don't know that that's not real. Like, and it's to be able to to know that someone can imagine that kind of reality and it creates this is what's really like pushing me like towards like film and the film industry. So I've got my ideas and I want people to see them too. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I, I think that's something that uh like we talked about earlier, it's your it's your fan based uh you know version that you put in and and really the people's voice. So I, I'm very uh, excited for you, and I would love to see some things and and uh, go back and, and see the quality and can hopefully continue to do them and see them get better and better. Yeah, I've got, I'm just uploaded some videos under um, Ascension Industries on YouTube. I guess you can just search Ascension Industries, and uh, some of my videos will show up. I've got an alternate opening credit sequence for the X-Files I did for school movie credit sequence I did. Um, my first film is up there. It's a three-minute, like, short sci-fi film. So, yeah, definitely check those out. Is there any other places that people can find you or follow you on or anything like that? Um, not, not currently. I've kind of stayed away from social media, but now, like, trying to push my work on a more professional level, there will be a, a Facebook for okay. Ascension Industries in my work coming up pretty soon. Until now, it's just going to be Ascension Industries at YouTube. Awesome. Awesome. We'll definitely keep in touch, and we'll love to have you uh, continue to stay on the show with us and uh, come back from time to time. When you have that set up, give it to us. We can link it on, share it on our social uh, feeds, uh, social media feeds, and some people can kind of get in touch with that and build a bridge. But uh, definitely, I I, I look forward to... uh, seeing that happen and seeing you continue to grow and see some epic films. So that would be uh, something that I myself are very interested in. I'll definitely take note of as well. Yeah. And I've just got yeah, I'll that. Send, um, I want to thank all the link um, when uh, I get off here and I uh, hope you guys check them out. And I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's a lot of fun. I totally dig like any chance I get to like just talk film and nerd out. Yeah, man. Uh, We've uh, I've also I've gone ahead and I've got this pulled up. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, get this. I see that you just posted this. It's fresh. Um, I love your uh, artwork already. I'm seeing already on this site. I'm gonna go ahead and post it to our page and, and uh, go from there. Absolutely, I think awesome. that's a good idea. We'll go ahead and share that link to the page there, Kyle, yeah. so people can see it and we can view it from there and get more traffic for them. Um, yeah, definitely, Nick. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Nick Edmondson, uh, film enthusiast. It's Nick student. Hayes, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. You're fine. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Nick Page. And there's Nick Page. Yeah. Hayes. Definitely. So we'll definitely get that post on there. And, Nick, thanks again for coming on to the JK Podcast. I look forward to having you come on later uh, as the show continues to move forward. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys.
Definitely, definitely. That was uh, Nick, ladies and gentlemen, and we definitely appreciate having him on the, the show tonight. Um, awesome. I think that was really cool. I mean, talking yeah. to, you know, Nick about Star Wars and some of the robotic uh, sci-fi films and uh, even uh, some of the, the top, you know, 100 robots, very well done. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that uh, his opinion and actually his uh, is pretty cool. I mean, down to earth guy, I like him. Oh, yeah, he's he's awesome. Uh, you know, it, it's cool to all the people that I've met since, you know, even you, Jesse, coming up and, and moving up here to Atlanta, um, not really knowing a lot of people. And yeah, picking you up in that street corner. Yeah, picking me up, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then going to, you know, the Art Institute and, um, you know, seeing um, these people and, um, you know, a lot of them are real humble. They come from humble backgrounds. Uh, Nick is just a cool, laid-back guy. He's got a lot of insight. And, uh, you know, once he gets some more of his uh, art up and gets his ideas and he gets those published, uh, we'll send those links. Uh, Absolutely. And Absolutely. go from there. So very, uh, very well done. I think Nick was awesome. I'd love to have him come back on. Maybe even do a live uh, interview if he has time. Yeah. Work in a schedule to keep the conversation with him. But, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that was Nick. Um, awesome interview. Got a lot of feedback from him, a lot of insight, and even some really cool knowledge that he had okay. uh, and his opinion uh, as well. Uh, so I actually have a few things that I wanted to throw in real quick. Uh, some of my top video games I'm actually looking forward to that's coming out. Yeah. Um, or that have come out. I'll go ahead and name my three that I think people should check out. Arc, uh, Arc of Survival. Uh, yeah. It's actually now available on PlayStation 4 as a media download only. Oh, wow. Uh, it's awesome. You can stream it, play it. It's really cool. Uh, it's got some great graphics. Um, Red Dead Redemption. You can keep following that throughout the year. It's coming out this fall. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm pretty excited uh, about that. I know you are. Yeah, it's a multi-platform hit that I think yeah. will definitely be great for the next year. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, sorry to interrupt you a little bit, you know, a lot of these games that we're talking about, too, um, and I'll try to mention those that you can – I mean, a lot of people, you know, like you're saying, multi-platform. Mm-hmm. A lot of people may not know what that means, but, you know, with our uh, game lingo and us being at GameStop, you know, you know, we had to use that. If we ever say anything like that, you know, that means not just console. You can play it on PC. Right. You can go ahead and uh, one of the easiest ways that's attainable now is through Steam, even. Um, so yeah, that's the way to get a hold of them. And sometimes mobile, even though the game might be mm-hmm. a little bit different. Um, and then, of course, my other final one um, that, you know, I think what we'll do is we'll dig a little bit more as it starts to come out is, uh, what was it, the, the the Horizon game for PlayStation? Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of talk right now. It's right around the corner when it launches. Um, so... In the next couple of weeks, uh, I know I'm going to pick up a copy. I did the special edition this time, and I'll and I'll I'll say the reason why I got the collectible edition, Jesse. You know, I like Gorilla. I think uh, Killzone is kind of it, they they went forward with it. It was a great game when it came out. Mm-hmm. The story kind of got played out a little bit, but I like how PlayStation stuck with Gorilla. Even on PS4, when the new Killzone game Shadow, right? Uh, when it came out, I still have it in my collection. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I still go back and forth with it. Every once in a while, I'll play it. I like the storyline. You know, it's that rise and fall kind of deal, right? right? right. Versus evil. Um, so uh, I like where they've gone with everything. They've completely gone away from Killzone 
they completely gone way into the future. So we're in like thirty thirty. Yeah. Right? Right. And then so all of a sudden these uh alien machines have taken over once again robots, right? Right. Uh taken over Earth and now the Earth the the humans are now the not really hunted, but the secondary, you know, life forms. You know, right now we're the big dogs, that kind of thing. Um, but these guys are like small all the way up to Goliath, like dinosaur kind of stuff. So anybody who likes sci-fi, robots, mixed in there with dino kind of feel, right. <laughs> as you could say, yeah, um, will really like this. And uh, I saw some gameplay uh, last week and some this week. It really gives you, Gorilla's cool about giving you a smooth guide to start you out on this new journey. Right. So what's your thoughts on that, Jesse? You think it's going to be a big hit or it's going to be a miss? Or? Um, I think uh, I think it'll be a pretty solid uh, game from the looks and the push of what they're getting. Um, I don't know if it'll be as successful or even more successful, but I do know and I feel like PlayStation came out with their PlayStation, was it the Pro? Yeah. Um, you know, specifically for games like this, um, just for the graphics and getting that better. But uh, definitely something I would like to check out and see exactly who, um, you know, uh, I would like to see if it's better than what Gorilla has done in the past. Right. And if the story is as good as what they push it to be. And would you agree, too, as long as it's not so controlled, and feel mechanical when you're going through this world. You know, if it's more open-based versus, okay, well, you've got to go here do this mission real quick versus just kind of doing this creation on your own kind of feel, you think that'll make it better? Um, probably. Again, I would have to wait and see what the reviews are like when the game comes out and maybe even check out a copy of it. And the reason why I say that is because after games like Alien, uh, Colonial versus Marine, right. or was it yeah. Marines or whatever? I'm very skeptic of games that have uh, failing sequels. Right. And even though I know it's not tied to Killzone, mm-hmm. it's the same group, and I want to make sure that it's not something that they just threw together and worked together. I think we, as gamers and, and pop culture enthusiasts, we have to really take a defined look and make sure that we're not getting schemed like we were just recently with No Man's Sky. I agree. And and especially with a game as hard as pushed um, as this, especially from Sony, um, who I love, but from time to time can have that one or two that is not as big as what they would like it to be. I can say that. But I definitely think it will be a good game. I'm not saying that people should be scared and not get a copy. I think it looks like it would actually be promising. Something I definitely would be interested in playing. It looks like a mix of, um, you know, uh, I guess like a, a futuristic Tomb Raider, be Far Cry Primal, if you would. That's a good, that's um, a comparison. Yeah, yeah, I think it looks like it'd be pretty good. But then again, we have to definitely see uh, see how the game um, plays itself out, if you would, pun intended. Yes. But um, I think with us coming up on our ending of the podcast mm-hmm. uh, pretty soon here. Um, I know Kyle and I have talked about it, so this Friday, not Friday, I'm sorry, this Saturday, we're going to be doing our podcast live. And, again, we apologize for the lateness of our podcast, but I think since yeah. the Super Bowl 
was so uh, incredibly <laughs> played. First time in overtime in history of any Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Uh, that's ever played, yeah. Oh, that's um, Our hometown team, Atlanta, uh, yeah. lost, unfortunately. But yeah. um, we had to give respect for our listeners to be able to finish that off. That's true. And then have y'all be able to mourn and listen to us or have a little bit of some breathing time and relax and be able to enjoy this podcast. So thank you all again for listening on uh, JK Podcasts and uh, following yeah, us. Thank you. And uh, thank you again, Block Talk Radio, for reaching out and uh, believing in us and, and offering us an amazing offer to continue to yeah. push forward yeah, that's right. and to grow uh, as a team here yeah. for Kyle and myself. So we'll go ahead and announce again Saturday, uh, 9 p.m., uh, Eastern Standard Time, uh, we will be doing the next episode, episode nine of the JK Podcast. Yeah. And uh, Kyle, tell them where they can find us. Yeah, you can definitely get us on the old easy route, I guess you could say. Um, hitting up on Facebook, either mobile or right there on your favorite uh, device. And you can just type in your search bar, JK Podcast. It should come up. You'll see that famous... Uh, little mic, and then have our names on there as well. And then also, uh, what you reminded me of, Jesse, of course, is also on our Twitter. Our Twitter handle, which I forgot last time, (laughs) and and that's uh, at JKPodcast101. And that's on Twitter. You can find out some things. And then also on iTunes. Just type it in right there, JKPodcast101. That's right. Download, listen, and subscribe. Help us grow, help us spread the word of us average Joes and uh, making sure that we talk about the things you want to hear and then always yeah. be able to, to reach and speak the true people's word and not a biased opinion on top of that as well. So this is episode 8, Robots and Sci-Fi and Super Bowl Sunday on this day. And this is Jesse. And this is Kyle. And what are we always, Kyle? We are on the fly and just joking. That's right, guys. On the fly and just joking. So hopefully you all enjoyed this podcast, and we appreciate you all listening. And tune in Saturday for our next podcast, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. Talk to you all later.